in this situation, my, if you like had called me, I would have said, uh, <laughs> you should have like a contingency plan. So know what you're going to do if his cock comes out, right. know what you're going to do if he moves yeah, toward you with his cock. Yeah. yeah. Just a little flow chart. Just so you know, you've pre-planned like whether you stand up and just tell him to stop or whatever it is. Because the, I just think that in the back of, I have seen a lot of like cuckold stuff where guys just apparently want to watch, but I think in yeah. the back of their minds, they want to maybe put their dick in your ass. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with an often controversial but always in good faith style. We hope you'll enjoy our combination of candor and deadpan humor. Today, we're going to talk about the post-sugar dating experience for sugar babies, hair pulling, how to clean up after sex, and more. I'm Keith. My co-host is Mike. How do you feel about that new intro, Mike? I'm not sure I always operate in good faith, but but it's good. Yeah, I, I thought that too. And then I was trying to figure out a way to work in what is in spirit always in good faith, but I, yeah, it was getting too wordy. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep going back to the drawing board on that one. Uh, have you listened to our last episode? I thought the audio quality, specifically your audio quality was awful. And I'm worried we've driven yes. people away with our last two episodes. I don't think we have actually the, uh, our statistics show uh, tell otherwise we continue to grow at a nice healthy rate the um uh, somehow i mean i'm not sure if we should be but we are uh, <laughs> right. the um yeah it was because we were in the same room using a single microphone and apparently the setting on that microphone that's supposed to make a person on the opposite side meaning me sound good it, like wasn't functioning so you were like hearing some weird echo of me and you sounded pretty good yeah uh the Yeti microphone we use has uh, four modes, stereo, cardioid, omnidirectional, and bidirectional. And we used bidirectional and assiduously yeah. set ourselves up so that we were right across from each other and about the same distance from the microphone. And yet it sounded awful. So I'm really irritated about that. The thing we did not do, of course, would be the basic test of just like recording 10 seconds of us talking well, and listening back. So we apologize you ask too for much. that. You asked too much. Yes. I did like being able to interrupt you in real time without having to compensate for the audio delay between our two physical locations. Yeah. I mean, I think that if we got to the point where we were like professionally doing this, I think that a professional studios, like, you know, you, so the, this isn't very interesting, but like the issue yeah. is, uh, if, even if, if we were like at a window between us and we're in the same room, you would still have like a delay between when I say something and you hear it because it would have to go out to the internet and come back in a professional studio. It wouldn't be that way. Cause you'd be like connected to some kind of mixing console. Right. Uh, that's pretty high end equipment yeah. there and would require us to be in the same place consistently. So, all right. Probably Something unlikely. for us to aspire to. Um, all right. With that, I'm going to skip the long form begging this episode, but folks, please rate and review our show and please tell others about us. Thank you. And before we get to the porn, I have a quick topic from Reddit that's a follow-up on a common theme here, so I'm just going to get into it. Okay, this person says, unpopular opinion, I don't like for guys to make me come first. This is obviously written by a woman. If I, 19-year-old female, come during foreplay or even get close to it, I lose most of my interest and go numb halfway through sex, after which it just becomes painful. But it's rare that I'll come from PIV sex, so guys who want to satisfy me end up disheartened very quickly. They realize if they want to satisfy me, they're going to have to put in more effort after sex, which just never happens. This pretty much means I end up choosing guys who are only interested in their own pleasure over guys who are considerate because explaining my situation ruins the mood, freaks them out. Okay, so... 
this young lady, 19 years old, uh, has noticed that men are sort of uninterested in helping her out after they've had an orgasm. But she seems to have decided that she thinks that uh, she needs to look for men who are okay with her not coming first. I, I think she's going to struggle in that regard. Yeah, I uh, I actually made a mistake two episodes ago, and this gives me a chance to correct it. Uh, careful listeners will know the mistake I made, which is <clears throat> I was trying to figure out in a gay men, gay male couple who who wins the race, and I got it wrong. Uh, I said the guy who comes first wins, and actually it's and then like <laughs> I was thinking about it later, and I was like, no, no, that's wrong. It's the person who comes second, and this is just a great. Uh, a description of that like yeah if both people are going to have the post nut clarity experience yeah you want to be the one who comes second because then you are horny when the first when your partner comes right right yes uh you don't want to not be horny when your partner comes because then it's not that different from just like uh being a medical professional watching a seizure right right horniness suppresses all of your disgust reflexes in yeah. some fairly amazing ways and like helps so it helps yeah. you connect with them too like you actually care well okay i'm sure i'm a little unusual in this but like <laughs> yeah it's actually gen- like it's much more clinical this i bet this is sort of you would vibe with this like it's it's sort of clinical feeling like if you let's say that you go first you come first and within mm. 5 minutes out so you're in yeah. post nut clarity and she has an orgasm it is kind of clinical for me it's like i'm just not <laughs> Yeah, I'm just not that interested, like emotionally, in what's happening. I'm detached. Yeah, clinical is really good word choice there. Nice work. It's yeah, I can feel that my partner is enjoying me helping her out, but it's uh, yeah, the the arousal and horniness is just completely gone in those moments after I've orgasmed, and so yeah, like I I'm not. It's not that I, yeah, it's hard to describe. I, yeah, clinical, clinical is the right word. It's just <clears throat> not um, nearly as compelling as it is before I've orgasmed. It's strange. She Can says I, that, yeah. oh, go ahead. Well, let me, let me just go say ahead. one no, more thing about ahead. her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she says she loses most of her interest and goes numb halfway through sex, after which it just becomes painful. So I don't know what's going on there. If that's indeed the case, she's in a tricky situation here. But yeah, this I think that's of, just, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's a spectrum of experience. And I think, you know, there are, I think it's somewhat common actually for women to have uh, a steeper curve there. I mean, everybody has some kind of a curve. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, eventually you're going to be, start losing interest and uh, it's just a question of when it happens. And so it makes sense to me that for some women, it would happen kind of quickly. It's just typically slower for women. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it's much, 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 much slower in almost all cases. And there's actually, there's one of other course, thing. Of course, there's outliers. Is, yeah, I mean, there's one other thing, which is that um, you know, and we really do statistically know this from the internet, that watching men orgasm is not, look, it's something that you, you would need to be aroused to want to see that. And we know that because women don't like dick pics generally. Women like uh, systematically, when a video of a man ejaculating just by himself is posted online, it gets all ne- all down votes. So you know sure. like, that's not really uh, something somebody wants to see unless they're really in the mood. So, so yeah, you see what I'm no, saying? Like it's, it's a combination. At least the clinical thing you're seeing as a man, you can go, oh, this is this is what men want to see. I should be happy to get to see this vagina being manipulated. But seeing a guy beat off or whatever is just never good. Right? You're just like, oh, you know. Yeah, I think that's generally true. I mean, the reason why uh, penis 
porn gets downvoted so much is because 90% of the people on porn subreddits and on porn sites are men. Uh, although gay men would upvote. I think it's so a that, combination. That, yeah. yeah. There is on the uh, women oriented <clears throat> porn subreddits, there is some amount of posting of male masturbation videos, but not that much even there because I just. And is it yeah, unpopular I mean, there? People will make a show of, uh, it's hard to say. It's a little okay. hard to say because unlike us, uh, what was the thing you said in the intro where we try to keep it real or be honest or whatever it was? <clears throat> uh, often controversial, but always in good faith. Yeah, in good faith. I think that, and I, this is true actually. One thing I, I've noticed, this is absolutely true, is that on the female-oriented porn subreddits, the women don't always operate in good faith. In other words, they'll get excited about <laughs> sure. a posting because it's like some political. They're like, oh, I want to see some porn from Ukraine. It's like, really? <laughs> like, really? That's what's turning you on? <laughs> There's some you know. performative virtue signaling even in, in porn consumption. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were people asking for that. But, so let me ask you. I wanted to ask you a quick question here uh, that just occurred. I, I remember wanting to ask you this. <clears throat> so um, you've had, you have a, you're not that interested in anal. Like you've done it, but it's not like, correct. you know, you're not that excited mm -hmm. about it. But here, I wanted to ask you this. Do you ever masturbate to porn showing anal? Yes. Is that compelling to you in? Okay. Yes, and it is. Would you ever be in a mood where you're like, <clears throat> today I'm going to watch, you know, would it, would it ever be like sort of the cum shot of what you watch is anal? Yeah. Or would it be, you know. Sometimes. Interesting. So how do you think about that? Like your... Uh lack of relative interest. And then, but then you're like, yeah, you know, this is really turning me on. This is really hot. How does that work? I don't know. I recognize the contradiction and I don't exactly know what's going on in my brain there. Okay. Yeah. I have the same thing. And I also didn't know. That's why I thought I'd bring it. I, yeah. I actually occurred I don't have any while insight. I was, yeah, I was consuming this and I was like, wow, this is something <laughs> I actually don't want to do. Right. But like it's to me, I, the insight that I had when I was watching it was something like, this is very dominant. And I liked that. Yeah. I think that's part of it for me too. Yeah. I need to introspect about it a bit. I'm not, yeah, I'm not coming up with anything immediately here. So yeah, I need to think about it. Okay. Which is why yeah, I that like was my question. watching certain kinds of porn, certain activities in porn that I'm not really interested in performing myself or not nearly as interested in performing myself. Yeah, there's a separate thing. I mean, yeah, so exactly. There's a separate thing I do, which is more, I would call it like research, like things where I'm, it's not arousing at all, or maybe actually anti-arousing for me, but I'll just watch it out of curiosity. But I genuinely, there are some activities like this that I watch and they're not, they're actually are arousing to me, even though, yeah, so there's, there's actually three categories, right? There's something I do and I'm aroused by. There's something that I don't want to do, but I'm aroused by. And then there are things that I don't want to do and I'm not aroused by. Anyway. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, all right. Let's move on. Uh, do you want to watch this porn now? Yes. Is this? Uh, okay. Uh, I think you, well, this one, this one, uh, is not particularly controversial in terms of it being something most men would want to watch. As always, we'll put the, um, URL into the show notes so people can follow along and we encourage people to do that. People, uh, when we've hold our listenership, um, a very high percentage of people say they enjoy the show more when they follow along with the video. We're going to start two minutes into it and we will do like a little reaction slash narration uh, and Keith will count it down. Are you, do you have the uh, video up there, Keith? Yeah, I'm ready. The title of this video, well, the author of this yeah. video is somebody named Jedi Mind Chick. 
Yes. And the subject of this video, the, t the, the content of this video is hands-free gushing fountain. So I'm a little uh, apprehensive here, but uh, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I, I, I will. Yeah, I am. And I want to just to set people's mind at ease. The, the important thing here is the hands-free, not the gushing fountain part. Actually, the, the fluid quantities, pretty believable. Uh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I want to count it down. I don't have a way to do audio today, so uh, you're going to have to narrate it. And all okay. right, I'm starting in three, two, one, starting. All right. So it's a woman. She's by herself. The camera's pointed sort of up her crotch. She's moaning and has her arms. She's not touching herself. She's just naked, legs mm -hmm. spread. She's kind of covering her mouth, maybe, although you don't see her face. She has a very nice watch she's wearing, but yes. she basically has her arms across her stomach. Um she sounds like she's enjoying herself, but like nothing's touching her or moving. She's sort Wait, of grabbing her stomach. Did something squirt out of her? Yeah. Yeah. Now there's some thing that looks like lubrication coming out of her vagina. Yeah. And she's, there's more stuff. Okay. Sort more of dribbling. She's moaning. I would say. Yeah. She's moaning, sort of breathing hard, maybe kind of Lamaze style. And she's breathing even harder. Now she says, she says, oh, fuck. She's breathing even faster, like she's hyperventilating. She's actually sounds like she's hyperventilating and maybe having some kind of a, a problem. Mm -hmm. And now, although I don't see any contractions of her pubic area, it sounds like she might be having some kind of an orgasmic experience. Okay. Uh, yeah, you want to keep going tell. or pause it? No, I do not want to keep going. Okay, let's pause. Okay, I don't understand what's even allegedly happening here. Okay, I can tell you what's allegedly happening. What's allegedly happening is that she is able to either mentally uh, stimulate herself just by thinking about it or some kind of mm, you know, internal muscle uh, tightening and so forth. And by the way, and just so people know, her legs were not together. So there wasn't some kind of ability to rub her legs around. They were spread. And she was on her uh -huh. knees. Uh -huh. I should have mentioned that. But um, what is yeah, the so basically fluid that she's dripping out, dribbling out, I should say? I mean, do you want me to be skeptical or not skeptical? Well, okay. All right. First off, <laughs> uh, we, we agree there is a fluid coming out of her vagina for the minute plus we watched this video. It's pretty viscous. Uh, yes. If I'm being skeptical, it looked like maybe she put some lubrication up there and then it slowly I, came out. I was wondering if you were going to go so far as to accuse her of a foreign substance. Yes. Okay. It seems possible. Uh, it did. It all, And I have to say that like her, her, the noises she was making and kind of her manipulation of her body kind of, it seemed possible she was more bearing down than anything just to push something out. Yes. And so yeah. she is bearing down is the right expression <laughs> here. She's she's somehow squeezing or doing something in her, her core slash groin area that is forcing this uh, mysterious uh, fluid out of her body. Now, could it just be, I don't know. It's not, okay. You and I both agree that there is no mysterious fluid th that comes out when a woman, quote unquote, squirts. Uh, to the extent that that's a thing, it's urine. Uh, right. To the, this video, 
the fluid does not appear to be urine. It's too, it's too viscous. Now it could be she produces an excessive amount of lubrication and she can somehow control the deployment of it. That's or right. it could be some other uh, vaginal discharge of some kind, but yeah. Sure. She could be I'm like just... highly aroused. And so, I mean, although that's, that seemed like a very high quantity of arousal yes. fluid. Yes. Um, I wish that this although, camera yeah. was zoomed out a bit so that we could see how large the pool underneath her is, but we just don't have the, the footage here. I sort of wish, I'm sort of glad it isn't, uh, but it would be more, <laughs> it would be good for research. I should, I should mention, by the way, that I <clears throat> consumed a video relatively recently where a woman uh, was basically grandstanding the fact that like a lot of times men will think that they've really aroused her, but it's actually just discharge. Right. So there's some like, there's a difference there in the texture quantity, so forth. And the woman can know easily which one it is, which actually is something I hadn't thought about. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So she's like, oh, I, I happen to know this is discharge. And I, maybe she's just like, I'm psychologically not that aroused. So it couldn't be anything else. I guess that makes sense. It's, it would be sort of like the female equivalent of not having an erection. And like, and like something comes out of your penis and you're like, well, that must not be, <laughs> it's not anything related to, well, yeah, I, I'm not sure what it would be, but it wouldn't be something related to arousal. It's, it's not a sign of approval. Yeah. No, I was thinking it might be like an STI or something in that context, oh. but yeah. Okay. The old, the old drip dick. Yeah. All right. I feel like I'm going to pick a porn video for next week. I've been, my, my experience for like our last seven has been repulsion and and i would like to not that's too bad <laughs> this woman was was in good shape she was sort of thin like she uh how old and, do you think she fairly, is 30s yeah i think maybe late 30s just from the could be texture of her skin yeah 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 all right can we can we move on yeah for sure all right um Boy, I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but let's do it. This person says traditional dating after the sugar lifestyle. Mm. So do people know what sugar babying is? Do we need to introduce that or can we assume the listener knows? You can give like a one sentence as they call it a nut graph. Okay. Uh, a sugar baby. Is, it's a real term. That's a real term. Is, there, is it really? It's a, it's a, it's a journalist term, meaning a paragraph that describes something really quickly. And it's something they would like cut paste into an article. And it's only, it's an, a pretty old term, but it's uh-huh. uh, pretty nice how it uses the word nut. And so it's nicely uh, right. uh, applicable to our it, scenario here. Yeah. It's, yeah. So hit us with the nut for graph. For, okay. The uh, nut graph sugar is sugar baby. Sugar babying is when a typically younger woman t- dates a typically older man and uh, in exchange for her generosity and perhaps giving up on some of her typical partner requirements, uh, he finances her in a variety of ways. It could be a PPM, which is pay per meet. It could be an allowance, which is some amount of money over every week or every month. It could be paying for bills. It could be a variety of different things, but that, that payment is called sugar. And so I think that I, I think, yeah. And I think that uh, I would add in that, like, there are significant, I think that a significant element of this can just be some, it doesn't have to be payment. It can also just be that she knows that being in a relationship with a guy that's got a bunch more money or whatever, more successful or whatever in their career, that that like 
there's it's like an insurance policy kind of thing, right? I mean, like being in a relationship like that is much better than being in a relationship with someone who's broke. You know? Yeah. General. Although, well, okay. All right. Let me read this topic and then we'll, yeah. we'll get into some of the nuance here. So this person, uh, the topic is traditional dating after the sugar lifestyle. Has anyone had any success dating after leaving the lifestyle? How have your standards changed? I've been in a traditional relationship for quite some time now, but I find myself missing the benefits of being a sugar baby. I was out at dinner with my boyfriend last night and he complained about the cost of a glass of wine I ordered. My meal was $25 in total. I used to date men who would happily order half the menu for me at high-end places. I never had to stress about money, budgeting, etc. I could travel more. Obviously, I have a concern with my boyfriend that I never had in any of my arrangements. I want a family one day, so that's why I stopped sugar dating. It's just hard not to compare some aspects of a relationship. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> once you've tasted the filet mignon, it's hard to go back to the uh, you know, pork chop or whatever. I... Uh, I think, well, yeah, go on. (laughs) Well, what is it that uh, you and I have debated about this offline uh, a lot, but what are the drawbacks of dating older men? Uh, For for men, the drawback of dating an older woman is that she's less attractive in general. And I don't think women, I think a lot of women are perfectly attracted to much older men. And if you're doing some sort of family planning, then sure, there's some sort of long-term drawback. But what do you view the drawbacks other than that? Well, I mean, I think that it's going to depend on the man, right? I mean, there are plenty of men who are either not very successful financially or or otherwise. uh, And there are also plenty of men who just don't want to do anything. And so then a drawback would be like, you don't want to just be stuck in some house in some town that's kind of crappy with some guy that's a lot older than you. I mean, there definitely are downsides, but that's well, not that's sort what of the sugar's for, here, right? Well, but I mean, I think there's also a lifestyle element, right? It's sugar lifestyle forum on Reddit, right? There's the sugar and the lifestyle. Yeah, but- Or maybe the well, sugar yeah. is the lifestyle. <laughs> it's a, it, I mean, it's going to depend on the woman also, but uh, what is, I mean, so there, yeah, there are, there are drawbacks. I also don't agree that the only drawback- for the man of dating a woman who's older is just the fact that she's older, like in terms of her looks. Like I also think she's going to be, yeah, I mean like men, a lot of men don't want Mm. to date someone who is oriented toward having kids and all this kind of state, you know, kind of settling down. And so I think a lot of the sugar uh, lifestyle for men revolves around a guy wanting, yeah, basically serially dating 20 somethings because he wants to, to not do that. And actually that leads into this thing that I was going to bring up uh, regarding Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Uh, Hit me. So, yeah. So, I mean, like there, well, I, I've been, I was introduced to this um, Swedish author who wrote a, uh, it's actually like one of these like long firm graphic novel comic books. And it has like a set of panels in it about, it sort of takes off from this question of like, what's going on with this guy? Like, why does he date 20 somethings again and again? And her conclusion Leonardo is DiCaprio. No, right. Why is okay, he, why yeah. is he, and it's, it's kind of this amusing, uh, basically it's this, um, you can imagine a graphic novel and it's like him and he always looks the same and then he's dating a different woman each time, but they, and they look right. slightly yeah. different, but basically the same type. For and our, she hold concludes, on, hold on, yeah. hold on. So Go ahead. for our listeners who don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio famously dates women in their early twenties and yeah, there's like this meme that as soon as they turn 23, he breaks up with them and moves on to the next one. And right. I, 
uh, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be. Uh, he's in his 40s for he's sure. He's 47. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the the uh, conclusion this author generally drawn, I think, by feminists is that he's narcissistic. But I'm not sure that's exactly right. Like, what, what, do, you, what, what do you think is going on there? Like, what's your intuition? Um, well, I don't know enough about Leonardo DiCaprio to know for sure, but given a arbitrary 47 year old dating an arbitrary 22 year old, uh, I think he probably finds, I don't know, maybe he likes having like a almost father daughter relationship where she sort of worships him. Um, although yeah, that's getting toward the narcissism thing. Uh, he's, but he's been, it's, I mean, to be fair, it's not one relationship. It's like a series of them. Yeah. And he's been doing it since he was whatever, I mean, basically that age. So it's not, uh, new in terms of his, uh, target audience as it were. And he, uh, there's a type, right? So in other words, there's, he could date one of them longer, but he's switching them every so often. I don't know. Let's just say it's once a year or something, mm-hmm. which is probably directionally right. And also a point I would make is that this isn't just Leonardo DiCaprio. Like this is a pretty basic thing that a lot of men would do if they were positioned in a way to do it. Right. This yes. isn't right. This is a desire that men have. And so I think, I think the core question is to broaden it out from him. Like what's, what's behind that? Is it narcissism or is it something else? I mean, you want to do this, right? I think I can imagine a life like this being satisfying. Yes. And why is that? You forego other things. So let's set aside for a moment why doing this might not be a good strategy. The reasons why it might be a good strategy is I think one of the issues with dating somebody who's much your junior is that they get boring. They don't have much to offer you intellectually. Their worldview is uh, less informed than yours is. And that gets frustrating, but it gets frustrating after some period of time. And so when you constantly are entering into new relationships, there's sort of this honeymoon period that lasts a while, probably lasts an especially long while with uh, a 22-year-old model just because the the physical aspects are, are pretty entertaining. And if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, most of your experiences are probably uh, you know, world travel and doing really fun things. And so the settling in and development of little resentments might not come for, say, a year or so. And so he just keeps getting to that point and then moves on. Right. So the, I agree with that. So, I mean, essentially, basically, there are two things going that are at play here. And I actually think neither of them, I actually think neither of them is narcissism. I think that the feminist read on this I guess I should call it like a radical feminist read is um is wrong. It's off base. It's interesting, and I'll say more about that in a second. But it's, can but you it's, steal uh, man? Can you steal man her case really quickly with a nutcrack or nutgraph? <laughs> nutgraph. Yeah, her case would basically be that he. Sure, it's actually useful to do that. Her case would be that uh, she he doesn't view them as real people. That essentially what he wants to do is date. He doesn't really want to date anyone. He just wants to be with himself and he wants to have sex with a uh, kind of carousel of attractive sex robots 
who mirror back who he is to himself, both so he can show off to his friends and to society mm-hmm. at large, look what I did. And also so that he is never confronted with anybody who disagrees. He doesn't want to have a friend, a female friend that disagrees with his worldview. He just wants to remain right. in his worldview. This is, okay. again, I'm steel manning the, yes. the, the sort of feminist critique okay. here. I don't so he, think- okay, He dates on. these okay. women because they are maximally agreeable and don't make, don't challenge him in any way. Right. Okay. And I don't, yeah. So, so uh, along, along those lines, um, another style of video that I've encountered- uh, recently that I thought was interesting is, and you've probably seen things like this as well, is women talking about the lengths they go to at the beginning of a relationship with men to fit into this uh, mold, basically to appear like a, an, I guess, agreeable, but really it's highly attractive sex robot for the man so that he won't abandon her. And of course, this, uh, at least arguably has been made harder for women because because women make as much money as men or you can argue about that that uh, exactly what the the pay gap is there uh it's become harder and harder for a woman who's reasonably successful and to find a man that she is interested in because she doesn't want to date down right so women are looking for this unicorn of a guy and so then when they find a guy that they find compelling they have to uh, put on this veneer of per- perfection. And an example of that is I've s- over the last week saw a couple of videos of women describing the insane routines they go through to not poop in front of the guy uh, mm. in the first few dates. So for example, a woman who she was with a guy, uh, I forget exactly where his apartment, her apartment, uh, or I guess I think it was in a house and the bathroom that had the toilet was sort of near where they were, but there was another mm-hmm. bathroom that I think was like a half bath or some, I, maybe it wasn't even a bathroom, maybe a laundry room or something. Yeah. And she actually went up there and pooped in a bag <laughs> and then like threw it away later. She like tied it up and hid it in a closet. And I don't know what she did for toilet paper. But I mean, let's not get yeah. into the exact details here. Yeah. And then another woman, similar situation. She woke up the morning after a date. She was expecting to, it was Saturday morning. She was expecting to cuddle or something like that for a few hours, but she realized she was going to have to poop. And so then she made up some excuse and like ran out of his apartment. <clears throat> he sort of chased her and so forth. But like, she's just like, I have to go now is a little bit like Cinderella. Right. Uh, with the, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, the, the oh, carriage every, you know, the, back into a pumpkin. Exactly. And so she ran away. Um, but this is all around, and maybe you've encountered stories like this as well. This is around like women trying to fit into this mold of perfection that, that a feminist would view as narcissism, but I'm not sure that's right. I think, well, anyway, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that was a five minute long screed. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what to respond to, but a few things are, look, men uh, behave performatively in the early days of dating too. They're much more chivalrous. They probably don't s- say things that they th- you know, know will be controversial. Uh, and they, they pay for everything. <laughs> At least the smart ones do. <laughs> um, and you know, so there's, there's some of that going on. I, I guess what you're saying is these women who <laughs> Leo, Leo is, uh, pursuing, and I don't even know if he has to pursue pointing at and saying you're next, uh, are doing some sort of performance as well, right? Like they're trying to be as perfect for Leo as they possibly can. Well, I mean, I think that like there's a signaling mechanism there. I think that 
uh, a feminist would say, well, it's not those women in particular. It's that kind of all women in society are doing this in order to portray a certain thing. Now, actually, I think the situation with Leo, my my interpretation would be kind of different. Uh, yeah, it would be that I think that you're right that he's pursuing basically youth and variety, and also he's he why so why is he not staying with a woman for five years? I mean, they're still pretty young after five years. It's because of the thing you said, which is he doesn't want to like actually deal with them as a person. And so he just sort of moves on and maybe that's narcissism. I think it's just, they don't fit into what he's trying to do, which is just have a variety and have fun. Basically, he wants to keep the fun part of the relationship going. And the thing I would say is that they're, they're participating as well. And it's actually kind of this sugar dating type situation where they have a thing they're getting. What they're getting is to raise their fame status by being with this guy, right? Yeah. And the analogy to sugar dating is, is, is basically perfect, right? Like they probably wouldn't choose a increasingly fat 47-year-old man uh, as a sexual partner unless there was some sort of benefit being bestowed upon them. And the thing that Leo gives is if if he's not outright sugaring is uh, where where sugar is cash, uh, the thing they get is, is fame and notoriety, which translates to cash, especially when you're dating models and starlets right like that's that's worth more than money to them yeah so i i think basically the uh i think that the the there's much more in common the sugar dating thing has much more in common with just traditional uh traditional dating patterns uh of basically yeah men men have a thing they want women have a thing they want and you're just finding new ways for people to come together i actually think that sugar dating is probably going to become much more common in the future. And I think that people who like these sort of feminist people who I, actually, I, the thing I want to say about the feminist critique is I think that they are sort of bordering because they're basically trying to make it. So it's all the man doing something terrible and the woman not participating. I think they're bordering on being a female equivalent of incels here where mm. they're, they're, uh, yeah, they're basically like just trying to try, attribute all the negative qualities to the other side. Whereas I think it's much more even handed than that. I think that women in these sugaring situations pretty much know yeah they know what they're doing like they and they're they're fine with it because actually it resembles a more traditional mindset of of um a relationship and they're just sort of skipping the queue they've, they've you know it's like look i'm super attractive i'm young and i'm gonna just jump ahead um and use this as a methodology to do that why shouldn't all young women do that like why should they date young men Ever. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably shouldn't. And I, I, they're, they're sort of historical. This is historically like kind of a normal thing. The notion that a woman would date like five to 10 years older than her is like actually mm-hmm. fairly normal. You basically give young men time to actually do something. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, I mean, and, and the, yeah. And so a man who's maybe done something might be 30. That might be an age when you'd expect a man to have done something. Uh, and, but the reality is that women are the most attractive when they're like 20 or something. Right, so then it makes sense that you basically would pair that way, and it's really not harmful. Uh, in fact, actually, it's good for the children that you might have, right? Because the man is better able to provide, and sure, the woman up to is a at certain the ideal age, age up to a certain age gap. Yeah. yeah, right. And so I think I don't. I, yeah, actually, I think that it probably is adaptive to simply do that. And yes, it means that very young men, say men in their teens and twenties, uh, would be very lonely. But maybe that's good. It, like, it causes them to go out and do something. So maybe let's maybe say, the do, thing they do is be a terrorist, but yeah. Fine. Let's say that you've been dating uh, older men 
you know, throughout your college years and now you're 27 and you want to start getting serious about having a family, you could imagine the sort of dilemma this woman describes, which is she's been, you know, sugaring for a long time. She's been dating lots of well-seasoned older men who bestow upon her wealth and manners and guidance and mentorship and you know respect and these sorts of things and now she has to date you know some 27 year old tech bro or finance guy or whatever who uh is a little rough around the edges including in in her case not being nearly as fiscally generous as some of the previous people she's dated like i I can imagine that being a bit of a a bit of a cliff that you have to jump off. That's not that fun. Well, um, not just that, but if she does find a guy who's kind of willing to be more generous or behave more like her previous partners, uh, she's running the issue of him trading her in for someone younger. It's rough. Yeah. Right. I mean, you yeah, have to you strike end up while the iron's hot in a hamster wheel. Right. Right. I think yeah. that's common. Yeah. So. All right. All right, let's move on. Um, yeah. Here's something that I don't think we've discussed before. And mm. this person says, can we discuss hair pulling? Not just the act, but the art. I've experienced too many lovers who pull and yank at hair as if they are toddlers. Hair pulling is an art and must be taught and done correctly. Maybe it's just me, but I've had people just yank my hair and pull it at my ponytail and it aggravates me. To be honest, I personally didn't even know what it truly was like to actually have your hair quote unquote pulled until I was properly shown. A slide up the back, up the neck, right into the nape or off the side, and a deep thrust towards your lover just hits different. Uh, Once you go there, you never come back. Anyone agree? Or some people into the yanking and pulling from the ends? It's the... uh... At first, I wasn't sure if you meant. I, I, I guess I'm kidding, but I thought at first I was going to say something like, "Is this pubic hair pulling or head right, hair right. pulling?" Which yeah. made me think, by the way, that that when I was very young, like teenager, I mean, if you pull on your pubic hair, does it like say above your penis, not uh-huh. not on your balls, but on like the pubic hair above your penis, like pull on it reasonably hard? Does that hurt? Like badly? Uh, I don't think it hurts badly. No. Yeah, it's kind of whatever. Uh, yeah. So I had this experience. I think a couple times like of thinking that was kind of playful (laughs) Uh and being with a woman and her being like, this is the most painful thing I've ever experienced or really, you know, having it be really extremely painful. Have you ever had this experience with a woman? I haven't tried. Well, for starters, most of your (laughs) dating came over a decade ago. And so uh, particularly recently, women just don't have pubic hair down there anymore. on average. And so there's so it would actually be difficult to, to run this experiment. Yeah, right, I thought of right, that right. as I was saying it. Right. Uh, uh, okay. But to the extent that I have encountered women with, with enough pubic hair to pull, no, I have not tried this. All right. Let's talk about the hair pulling then. The head hair okay. pulling. I don't... Okay. First off, is it the whole point of hair pulling to be some sort of dominant act? Right? Like caring about... The way that she is responding to your hair pulling is like the opposite of the uh, the intent of the act, which is to show that you don't care, right? Like you're pulling their hair because you're you're making them submissive. And so I'm a little bit confused here. And then she goes on to describe this 
a slide up the back, up the neck, right into the nape or off the side, and a deep thrust towards your lover just hits different. So I don't even know exactly what she's describing there. It sounds like she's describing a neck massage while someone penetrates oh. her. I imagine I, that like he's sort of gathering her hair, but he's pulling it. He's grabbing it near the root of the hair, not at the end of the hair, which makes sense because if you grab uh, it at the end of the hair, you're just going to pull out a handful of it because you'll get like the you'll actually break the hairs and you'll like pull out. You you won't. Yeah, okay. you, you know what I'm talking about, right? If you grab it at the root, like you won't get none will basically none will come out if you do that. I see. So you're distributing the force over more yes. hair follicles, and so it feels less painful. Also, she what she's looking for is some kind of closeness. So, let's say her hair is yeah. two feet long. If you if you if you arrange your hair pulling so that you are two feet away from her head, that's a lot less proximity than if you hold her hair right next to her head, so she can feel the warmth or the strength of your hand. Like it makes sense to me that like, yeah, if you if you do it far enough away, it just feels like <laughs> it's just sort of strange. It's well, like a leash. no, it's not. It's it is. It's like a leash. It's. Okay, first off, I'm not a hair pulling person. I realize that maybe sounding like that as I get into this spiel here. Yeah. But I think, yeah, hair pulling is meant to be, at least performatively, a bit of a dominant act, right? Like you're sort yes. of guiding or commanding the woman's hair by by pulling on it. And so this notion of trying to lower the force applied or make it more of a massage, or make it more of a closeness thing, I think she's sort of missing the point, right? There are ways to get that from sex, and being caressed maybe with a bit of aggression on your on your head is one thing, but hair pulling is something else. The, the first comment here, the, the woman says, a uh, different woman, on the opposite end, the number of times I've asked a dude to pull my hair only to have him loosely hold it, no, my guy, I want you to show me who's boss for the next few minutes, please, and thank you. I think that that second woman's understanding of what hair pulling is for is better than the first woman's sure yeah it's so it's so interesting somebody saying it's like i want you to pull my hair you do it no you're doing it wrong wait it's like who's dominant here right exactly like she, of- she's complaining that the person oh, no i'm complaining being- about the commenter i'm claiming yeah, no i agree com- also. She's, yeah she's confused she's not she's oh the commenter well, yeah, okay. because it's the same thing. It's the same thing. She's basically telling the guy that his dominance is wrong, which means she's being dominant. Well, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I guess. Yeah, she wants him to be more dominant, and her complaint about that is indeed in some light. I don't actually know. Itself. I mean, what? It's an interesting question. Like, what could a woman do? So, you're a woman. You want to be submissive. I guess. I guess the, the solution to all of these sets of things is going to be have a conversation about it outside of this. You know. When you're when there's no arousal present, I don't know present. if that's true though. I don't know if that's true, Mike. Because look, the whole point. <laughs> look, I don't understand dominant slash submissive play very well. Really, but I think the general notion is for there to be a little bit of loss of control or fear, and right. you need to put up guardrails so that that doesn't get abused. But yeah, communicating specifically how hard they should pull your hair would make it so that maybe you need them to actually pull it a bit harder than that, so that you're getting to that edge. Like, uh, yeah, it's the whole thing. Well, that's is the purpose of, of a that's the purpose of a safe word. But I mean, I think you're right because then you you do have some way to express like that you've reached a limit, but you uh, you can let it go up to that edge without 
necessarily have a problem. But it's still there's st- you already have this issue that once you are in the situation, it's very difficult to once you're having sex with someone. If you want to be submissive and you're having sex, mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to then say dominate me because by just saying that you've taken charge, right? Was, yeah, so you have to basically say that at some other time, right? You have to like take the guy aside when you're just hanging out and be like, just so you know, like I want you to do this, and then you have to kind of hope that they do it, right? It has to they have you have to detach them, otherwise it kind of is a buzzkill, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Let's move on. Um, let's see here. This person says, I know it's better to clean after sex, but I can't stop falling asleep. This only happens at night, but, but that's when we do it most. I know after he finishes, I should go to the bathroom and clean and it's healthier that way. But every time I just feel so cozy and on an emotional high, I just snuggle into him and fall asleep. How risky is it? Nothing has happened yet, but will it inevitably happen? So the thing, the it that she's referring to is... If somebody comes inside of you, or even if they're using a condom, uh, I think some bacteria gets into your vagina, and a lot of people get UTIs or even more serious complications from that, uh, and that can be mitigated by peeing after you've had sex. It's not in it's not in your vagina. It's it's weirder than that, right? It's that you're rubbing against their urethra. Okay, right. sure. You're de- I mean, you're like de- you're depositing bacteria that's that's, that's right. the mechanism for getting a uti i think there's other things you can get but yeah but i mean like imagine it's something you you can think about like imagine if imagine if this is what it, this is what it's like for a girl right imagine if during sex somebody sort of rubbed something against the tip of your penis repeatedly uh right i mean like uh-huh and thus depositing things inside of it i mean that's part of what's going on there it's pretty intrusive I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, you want to, yeah. you sort of get that anyway, right? Like the tip of your penis when it's not in a condom is constantly getting rubbed. I think, I, I think guess the mechanism for going up the urethra is just easier for women somehow. That's true. I mean, it's usually, it feels a little bit different. It feels a little bit different when it's, uh, when it's the woman, because it's more like done to her body or something, but it's a fair point though. Like, yeah, certainly. I mean, if, uh, if a woman was blowing you, for example, she could deposit all kinds of stuff in your urethra without you knowing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sure. could become a problem. I mean, I've yeah. seen a whole range of post-sex behavior. I've seen women who basically sprint to the bathroom as soon as I've nutted. And I've seen women who, yeah, just roll, you know, roll over, curl up on me, and then fall asleep. What and- percentage of women have you been with who kind of lie on their back and then dip fingers in their vagina and taste it out of there. Uh, small, small percentage. Have you had that? Uh, yeah, I have had that. Can you be more specific? <laughs> um, I was making that up like it was a crazy thing to have yeah, happened. I've You're had, saying I've happened. had, I mean, I've had, nobody I've dated for like any material amount of time does anything strange. I don't know if that's strange. It's I haven't decided if this is strange or hot yet. I'm waiting. Okay. I, since it's, I, I know it would be gross at the time because you'd be post net clarity, but go on. Yeah. Okay. Fairly recently, more than a year ago, but less than five, uh, I went on a few dates with this person who, uh, after sex would, uh, so yeah, well, whatever we were having sex without a condom. We, we both were tested and after sex. Yeah. She would, um, 
stick her finger inside of herself and then smear my semen on her body. And uh, any specific she, parts that she favored? <sighs> yes. Go on. <laughs> you asked Face, the yes or no question. Well, I mean, I'm, okay, I can. I mean, I can imagine. It was it erotic parts of her body, or just like her uh, toes, <laughs> really, or something. This is going to make for good radio, but I, I really don't want to do this. She had um, some dry patches on her skin. I don't know if it was oh, psoriasis or something else, but she claimed that the uh, concoction of my semen com- combined with you know her vaginal juices was uh, was was good for said dry patches. Okay. That's not true. I'm sure it could it could as easily do harm as good. I'm sure. Okay, so she would busy her herself. Be a mild lubricant or moisturizer. I don't know. I have no idea. Did you find I, that irritating? Yes. Yeah. We had sex two or maybe three times. Uh, yeah. Would she take yeah, a shower? It was, it was after that, I hope. No, she thought that this was some sort of balm that overnight oh, was going Jesus to Christ. fix her skin issues. That would be like uh, if you, yeah, you, she, like you get up to go to the bathroom and then she, she's secreted it throughout her body. You don't know where she put it. Uh, I, oh, anyway, okay, go on. A- anything else? Like, well, it doesn't matter. So you have yeah, I mean, to do that. I was imagining her actually putting it in her mouth, which is even further. Uh, uh, you weird, see that in porn unusual. a lot. You do. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what my favorite is. I, I think I, I think I just want it to go away. So I want it to, which is funny because then you don't know if he nutted, but I think I'm okay with that. It's a potential that I've been. Yeah. I mean, in porn, the reason why it's not typically deposited in the vagina is because you can't see it. You you don't see the money shot. It's called a money shot because you're supposed to see the, the money, the semen. And so. I thought it was the money shot because that's what he got paid for. He got paid. I don't think he's getting paid for the orgasm. First off, I don't think male porn stars get paid much that's true uh technically but definitely in spirit um oh it's a hard job yeah but that's a hard job yeah nice nice job okay all right we have time for one more topic here i think hmm um okay let's do this one. Oh, sorry. The post was deleted by the person who originally posted it. It's always so heartbreaking when that happened. This topic was got invited to my friend's house and she asked if I would have sex with her. I think I can still remember the the gist of this. Um, right. He was young. He was 20 or something. And he had this sort of longtime friend and they had slowly, you know, walked out telling each other that they had a crush on each other. And then uh, he said something like, oh, if I had condoms, would you have sex with me? And, you know, she sort of sheepishly said yes. And then she texted him a picture of condoms and said, well, and then he posted this thing like, what should I do? Should I have sex with my friend? And the reason why I wanted to bring this up, I mean, that Hmm. story was... Even more painful reading his specific writing of it than the way I just told it, uh, just because I don't remember having insecurities like like that child does. But is there any situation where you would advise people not to be sexually explorative? Like, maybe I think, he'd lose I think a friend is. or whatever, but I think generally, 
if your friend is attracted to you, the friendship is already sort of colored by that thing. And so in this situation, I would say go for it. But just generally, I feel like people should, if some sort of weird, but obviously safety is ensured, experience uh, becomes available to you and you're interested in trying. Why not? I think that, uh, I mean, first of all, there's like, <clears throat> it's, it's so it's such a standard thing to say that it's, it's, it's almost like a meme that women who are friends with men know in the back of their mind that they could convert those friendships into sexual immediately, typically, right? Yeah. I mean, it depends a bit on the relative attractiveness levels, but- That's true. Women should assume in all circumstances that they have absolutely been vetted for uh, sexual viability. And uh, if they're even remotely attractive, that their male friends have- uh, considered it. I mean, I had, so I had an experience that's on point here. I worked in an office, uh, a number of years ago and there was a woman who she, so she was okay. Attractive. Like she was all right looking. She was a little, uh, she wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed mentally, but she was a pretty attractive, thin, like, you know, I was attracted to her, I guess. But the problem was that she had dated, <laughs> She had dated two of the guys in the office. Mm. And so already it engaged, like we discussed this, I think last episode, it engaged my like sort of lack of desire to kind of follow uh, people who I knew uh, in that vein. But also uh, they didn't speak that highly of her. Uh, basically like she's kind of an idiot so on and so forth, which she probably was on some level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to be, I just was like, oh, this would be embarrassing if like I entered into any sort of relationship with her. Um, but she was very attracted to me and like she would, uh, she made it very obvious would hang around me. And, uh, -huh. uh like, you know, uh, if I was, if I, I guess in retrospect, if I stayed late at the office, she would stay late on purpose. I mean, yeah. she didn't, yeah, yeah. she probably just would walk home or whatever. She didn't, uh, this was in a, a city so she could walk home. It wasn't like, she had anywhere to be. Anyway, uh, da, 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 the end of the story is that like she definitely was able to give me a blow. <laughs> like <laughs> she just basically waited around and it was, yeah, I, I eventually, I mean, cause it was just sort of sitting there one evening and yeah. I was like, okay, like get under the desk. <laughs> like, go ahead. <laughs> you were giving her a gift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I didn't, I didn't want to, but I was, but at some point, you know, I mean, like, look, all she has to do is sort of be around at the time you would naturally masturbate. And you're kind of like, hmm. Like, all right. And it was definitely a mistake. And like, oh God, like, yeah, I mean, it, it created, it created an anno various annoying situations because of course she uh, assumed that we were now emotionally connected and like left notes uh, on my desk okay. and bullshit, like all this bullshit started happening. Um, you know, so, and which is what I would have predicted, like, and then I had to sort of extricate myself, uh, clumsily from that. Uh, but the point being, like, even a situation where I was pretty uninterested, like, she was able to basically just play the long game and hang around. And eventually she, I guess, got what she would, what she was hoping, of course, was that she would do that and then enter right. into some sort of relationship, I assume. Right. Uh, she didn't just want my suit. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about something a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So the friends slash coworkers thing is, is one discussion. I was thinking about, okay, I was at a wedding once. And, uh, at the rehearsal dinner, there was this cute blonde and I talked to her for most of the evening and I felt uh, some 
intentionality and flirting coming from her. Uh, and the wedding was the next day. So I wasn't in any rush to seal the deal. I thought the next day would be a better opportunity anyway. And so the wedding comes and the next morning, I think there was like, it was at a, a winery or something. And so I guess it was the next afternoon. There was some wine tasting before the wedding. Anyway, her husband was there. And the husband uh, of the woman who had the yeah, intentionality. Right. Yikes. And she, she had mentioned him zero. Uh, I don't think it was husband. They were, but they had been dating for like three years or something. Long, long-term boyfriend. So anyway, I'm like, oh, oh well, uh, I, I guess I missed the opportunity or misread or something. And then, after the wed- wedding at the reception, the man came over and asked, <laughs> quite awkwardly actually, but he said that his partner was attracted to me and that uh, they'd like to invite me back for what was obviously a threesome to their bedroom. An MMF or MFM yeah. maybe, yeah. I think I probably could have set things up there however I wanted. I may have even been able to set up a situation where he was just watching, but I did not take this opportunity. And my thought at the time was, oh, this is going to be sort of awkward and I don't know how I'll feel after. But in retrospect, I should have just gone for it. Like, There's no way I was going to have an MMF situation. I'm not interested in that. But experiencing bit, a sort of okay. low downside uh, experience where, yes, something that makes me a little bit uncomfortable might be worth trying just to find out if it makes me very uncomfortable. Okay. So let's, I, I want to information there. I want to play this forward. So let's say that you did say yes to that. You had uh-huh. said yes to it. Mm-hmm. And, but you said the ground rules are you can watch, but I'm going to fuck your girlfriend. Yeah. And you, you just have to sit in this chair. Okay. He says, fine. And he's sitting there. He's not recording you or anything. It's fine. And you you start doing it. And then you look over at some point and he's got his <laughs> dick out. What would you do? So he's just beating off. Well, I think I wouldn't like that. And that's the <laughs> sort would you of do, discomfort, discomforting things I was worrying about when I declined this opportunity at the time. What if, what if, he, just, what if he just said, okay, I'll just sit here. I won't beat off or anything, but I want to be able to see your asshole while you fuck her. Would you be like, okay, I just want to see that butthole. I'm not sure if I could. I mean, I should be able to <laughs> abstract that away, intellectualize that away in my mind. Like who cares what this guy I'm never going to see again <laughs> thinks about my butthole. But I don't think I could. I think I would be like, mm, yeah, no, that's not. I, I think I would be worried. I think I would be worried genuinely that if there was a guy sitting in a chair, even not beating off, watching me, that I wouldn't be able to perform or something. I think I'd be worried that yeah. like, somehow it wouldn't work. But I would worry about that as well. In fact, I'm sure I did, but it was a free lesson, <laughs> right? Like I would never see these people again. That's true. Right? Like it would, is it worth getting over my you know, concerns and insecurities in order to get a little bit of information? And I think people generally uh, err yeah. on the wrong side of this. They should err on the more adventurous side. Do you think that you would pre you like if you were giving some advice? I think my advice to you, if you were in this situation, my, if you like had called me, I would have said uh, <laughs> you should have like a contingency plan. So know what you're going to do if his cock comes out. Right. Know what you're going to do if he moves yeah, toward you with his cock. Yeah. yeah, just a little flow chart, just so you know you've pre planned like whether you stand up and just tell him to stop or whatever it is. 
because the, I just think that in the back of, I have seen a lot of like cuckold stuff where guys just apparently want to watch, but I think in the back of their minds, they want to maybe put their dick in your ass. Yeah. I would not be surprised if, uh, moving, uh, to the left on the homosexual heterosexual scale, uh, strongly correlates with, uh, enjoying cuckolding. Yeah. And this isn't a thing that comes up most of the time for men who are having sex, but actually when you're on top of a woman fucking her, you're actually pretty vulnerable as a man. Right. I mean, somebody could come behind you. <laughs> Vulnerable to being sodomized, and, do you mean? Yes. I mean, you're just <laughs> yeah. not, you're not in any position to defend yourself. I mean, That's she's kind true. of, yeah, you're kind of occupied. And also <laughs> like mentally, this would be the other thing is like, there's some, he's like, look, just lick the tip or something. He just, and yeah. you're so aroused. Like my goodness. Right. Right. Yeah. But let's say he was able to get me to do that. I'd, as I sit <laughs> here the tip. In, in our chair. Yeah. Intellectually, I think there's just no way I would ever do that. But, you know, if- I don't think so either. Yeah. The, you know, the hottest person in the world is sitting there, you know, waiting for me to fuck them. And all I have to do is go through this one gate. You know, maybe I would. I don't know. I think that they were probably surprised when you said no. I think that most men uh, would say yes to that proposition. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, so too. Being the other man, I mean, like, keep in mind this, like, this actually makes me kind of excited uh, is the griefing possibility. Because while I don't want to interact with another man in a gay way, if I did, I might destroy their relationship. And I like that because we know hmm. that in the MMF situation, most frequently, that second guy can just destroy the first guy. Right. right. Of course, I wouldn't want it. But if if I know that if I put my dick up his ass, that's the end of their relationship, probably. But yeah. then the downside, so the upside is I'm, I'm getting to troll or grief them. The downside is that I'm having to anally have sex with a man. So it's tricky. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but getting to grief them is, yeah. I would want to avoid that downside. There are other forms of compensation <laughs> that I would accept for being forced to have sex with a man. But uh, I don't think uh, griefing a couple that I barely know is is enough to. The, the thing I, one thing I wanted to say before we close on this topic so the, mm-hmm. the topic here was this woman who basically like told her male friend or whatever they, they she was acknowledged. Down. Right. I think that once that happens, even if you don't have sex, the relationship is the friendship yeah. is irrevocably changed. Yeah. Just yeah. acknowledging it either way is, is, is tricky. Yeah. There's lots of interesting conversations to be had about friends and coworkers, but we are out of time. So that'll do it for episode 66 of Your Mileage May Vary. We famously pay $10 for any feedback we receive. So to get that free sweet cash, simply send us feedback to at YMMVPod on Twitter or by email at YMMVPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to having you join us next time. Bye for now. Je veux et je viens Entre tes reins Je vais et je viens Je me gueule